Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, while I continue to cough and die, uh, I'm not sure how often I was able to hit the mute and how much coughing and wheezing you heard, but uh, still dealing with my my cough. Um, Okay, we talk about, (laughs) I think I got the mute button a lot, is gambling a sin? Is finding money stealing? And we talk about tithing. It's a pretty good conversation. It's a quick one today because I actually have stuff to do. Um, So check it out. Enjoy it. Share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon with a Kindle Unlimited subscription. It is free to read. Learn what we do and why we do it. How to have civil conversations with people who are less than civil, oftentimes more than not. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, support the podcast, or click the donate link and just uh, help us keep doing this. Taking the gospel to people on the internets. So um, all the links are in the description. Enjoy this one and have a, an awesome Tuesday. <clears throat> this is going to be a short one today. Make a, I've got make a good point here. <laughs> hey, welcome, Victoria. I think the conversation should be safe today. I have no idea what it's going to be about, but probably safe. Hey, Felix, brother, everyone else, feel free to jump up on stage and Give us something to start fighting about. I mean, talking in very civilized tones about. Oh. What's up, Vic? Hello. I have a question. Um, I don't know how um, uh, big this is in the U.S., but in Australia, uh, gambling is a big thing. And uh, and also I hate this. So, so it I I know there's a scripture somewhere about gambling, a part of a, a part of the sins. But is there something that actually um we actually consider um this is scriptural for you know to consider gambling as a sin? Um. You know, off the top of my head, like, I, I want to look it up, but I'm, I'm thinking, like, I mean, it probably doesn't say the word gambling, right? Like, does it say something probably like something about wagers or making wa- wagers or something like that? Or do you have a scripture off the top of your head? Oh, oh you're, you're my last resort, Chris. I didn't think you would automatically not know. You're like the walking encyclopedia. Well, let's find out. Yeah, the whole, like, you know, drinking, dancing, and chew, and don't going with girls that do like i don't have a lot of scriptures about that well we're talking about gambling where do you come up with like girls and stuff like well that? like you know it's all kind of related to that like uh 19th century morality thing hmm In my uh, in my very in depth research here, <clears throat> yeah, and Victoria, like you you said, like did you have any scripture in mind? Like did did you say like you knew somewhere in the Bible where it said gambling was a sin? Because I'm 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 thinking that may be like you know a continuation from our uh, you know churchy sounding things that we just like kind of know and our mentality has been shaped that way when the Bible actually doesn't say anything about it. Like uh, you know those like kind of like cliches or the tropes like. Uh, God loves everybody. It's like, well, wait, why do we think that? Like, it sounds nice. Like, it, we've been, like, ingrained to say that, but does the Bible really say that? So, kind of like gambling. I mean, I think the principle is there. Um, kind of like the opposite of tithing, right? 
<laughs> like while there's not a command to tithe, I think you know there is a biblical principle that you know there that you know you won't make God sad if you do. So I'm wondering if there's like a, a another principle like around you know First Timothy six ten where it talks about the money is the root of all evil and you know things like that and like being good a good steward of your resources, which is more than just money. So I mean the principle would be there to not take chances, um, but I mean I don't think we're like I was thinking maybe there was something about like that said don't make I don't know, ill-advised wagers or something like Bible speak for not gambling, but I can't even find anything like that. And if, if Chris doesn't know, then clearly it's not in the Bible. But I mean, I think the principle is there. And that, I mean, again, this is where Romans 14 is helpful. Like if, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Congratulations. You stumped the room, Victoria. You stumped the Nate, which is always you good stumped, time. You stumped the Chris. <laughs> hey, but I posted a Got Questions article that actually has a video about this, Vic, which is very rare for a Got Questions article. So I must I put know, a lot right? of thought like into I, this one. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if, if it's not something you can just read, like, maybe we should all take a moment. How long is the video? I mean, the, the article is only like a paragraph. And I don't mean like a Chicago statement paragraph. I mean like an actual paragraph. <laughs> I mean, other than general principles, yeah, like, the, I mean, it's going to be like the love of money is the real evil and like the stewardship, which again, I mean, just because it's very vague, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like most people have like, you know, even good moral atheists. Um, let's see if Michael shows up. Like, you, I bet you did just invoke have... his name. He's like Beetlejuice. If you say it three Michael, times, Michael, show Michael, up. let's find out. Um, but I mean, I, I have a feeling like they'll have more of a problem with gambling than they did yesterday's topic. Because um, like, what does it matter? You're not hurting anybody. Um, so I, I imagine they would probably say, you know, you can hurt your family, you can hurt your child's scholarship, if you, or, you know, college fund if you gamble it away. So I, I have a hunch that even they just instinctively will have more of a problem with gambling than yesterday's topic. So, I mean, it's going to be like stewardship and the love of money. So if you're, I don't know, or like ill-gotten gains, I, I don't know if you can say that because, I mean, if it's a fair bet, but you know what I mean, right? Like don't, pro, like God hate is that one of the things God hates? Or that's one of the things that's just not good, Chris? Um, like profiting, profiting from dishonest gain. So, I mean, you, you would have to extrapolate a little bit to say like, you know, gambling is dishonest gain. Um, dishonest gain. But I mean, as far as stewardship and taking chances, um, I wonder if like the parable of the the talents could be used there, right? Like one guy, like, you know, put his money safely in a bank. So at least it would collect interest um, rather than taking a shot at losing it all. I mean, you know, you can, you can read into it. You have to read into it, but it's pretty easy to do. Um, yeah, because um, I think in the Orthodox church, they teach um, how some, there is addictive personalities that get addicted to like, money food and things like that so that is wrong but i don't know if they actually teach that gambling is wrong i mean i'm pretty sure sure the greek orthodox church here has like a uh, has like a whole thing during their greek fest where they have like little wager games okay let's see yeah, against the love of money. 
Ooh, let's see. It says Hebrews 13, 15 scriptures, which encourage us to avoid attempts to get rich quick. Let's see. Proverbs, uh, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Eh, that's not terrible. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth uh, with his income. This is also vanity. Ecclesiastes 5.10. Um, we're to work hard to earn a living. For even when uh, we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Um, yes, I mean, that's that's that is interesting. Who would have thought gambling is the one to stump us all? Good job, Vic. But yeah, I mean, I'll... oh, I, I meant to watch the video. I want to see how long the video is. Oh, are you going to um, play the video? Well, I can't play it here. I was going to watch it for myself. It won't tell me how long it is. Oh, yeah, it's too long to watch right now. Man, we got a whole bunch of people here today. I hope people have questions. <laughs> Yes, I mean, it's, it's going to be like one of the, um, you know, it's kind of very vague and loose, right? Like when all these conversations are like, uh, you know, what does the Lord, Lord say about, uh, what does the Bible say about smoking marijuana? Or what does the Bible say about, you know, yesterday's topic? Where it doesn't specifically address it. And then like people will take certain scriptures and rightly find biblical principles, you know, to gain to gain wisdom and biblical insight from it. But then also people will, will um, use that to, to read into things that I don't believe should be read, read into and, you know, come up with like bad advice. So, I mean, that's a matter of, you know, each person's subjective interpretation. Like some people are saying, you know, don't covet. And I think, I mean, I think that's valid. Right. So if, if someone gambling is like, well, Hey, I'm just doing this, you know, I have like some disposable income. I just, you know, want to spend like 40 or 50 bucks uh, a weekend and it helps me relax, blah, 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 whatever, whatever reason that they can like justify it in a way that doesn't sound crazy. And uh, like, I just go, I count it as lost. I budget for it. So if I lose it, it's fine. Um, you know, it's just fun for me and my friends to hang out and catch up on old times, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, then it wouldn't be right to say coveting because you're like, no, I'm not really coveting. If I hit the jackpot, wonderful. But, you know, I'm not I'm not coveting what other people have. Like, even if I want a jackpot, like I'm not going to go buy what my neighbor has. Like, I don't I don't care about that stuff. Well, then coveting would be the wrong thing to read into it. But if you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to get money so quick because I have to keep up with the Joneses. I have to have what they have. Well, that would be an appropriate time to bring up the coveting verse. So it, it would really fall to the in heart uh, to the heart of the actual gambler. Um, but I mean, I think there's plenty. Uh, it's not it's not wise. Like if you have money that you just want to like throw away and you budget for it and it's not going to hurt you, you're never going to miss it. Then I, I guess I if that person doesn't feel convicted, whatever, I, I guess it's fine for them to gamble. But if it's the heart, uh, like, you know, they have to, like, get money or they have to gain wealthy material or they love money so much they have to get more of it or any of these things that would be appropriate to bring up all these Bible verses. Um, but regardless, I mean, I think it's definitely kind of a warning, uh, you know, kind of like a warning or red flags or orange flags um, that haven't fully turned red to advise against it or that's like a slippery slope. Right. It's like even alcohol is permissible. But I mean, there's plenty of warning signs around it saying, you know, warning that it can be a very slippery slope. Hey, Nate. Hey, Nate. Can I, oh, you want to say something, Vic? I was going to add a question. Uh, but go on, Nick, Vic. I, I, go on. We can wait. 
Oh no! Oh, oh, good. Um, yeah, I I was just um gonna say um thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think um and I was also looking at the link uh, Chris had put in the chat. So yeah, it does it does uh, make sense, especially the one that you mentioned about uh where Paul said if you don't work um you don't eat. So that that um does uh yeah help. It's every political conservative's favorite verse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess my bigger takeaway than is it a sin because the Bible didn't explicitly say it is. Well, if you feel convicted and you do it anyways, and it is a sin, congratulations. But barring that, um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, the biggest takeaway would don't, would be like kind of like the the transgender issue, right? Like where if you're trying to appeal to people from the Bible, at least have a clue what you're talking about, like from from their side too, right? Because if someone's like, oh, I'm a transgender person, and uh, you know, you quote the Leviticus t uh, stuff about wearing men's and women's clothes, that doesn't apply and it just makes you look foolish because you don't know what you're talking about. So someone, if you want to make a biblical case for someone against gambling, um, know their position, know their thoughts, because if they are someone that's just like, yeah, I've got money to burn, I don't care, I can never spend all my money, woohoo, I just like to have fun. Well, then obviously, you know, like the love of money is not their problem or coveting isn't their problem. So, like, uh, maybe a bigger takeaway than whether or not it's a, it's a sin is, like, know their position and don't, you know, I don't know, don't overdo it. Because if you're like, oh, the Bible says, you know, yeah, you shall not covet. It's like, great, go talk to someone who's coveting. That's not me. Hey, Oni. Yeah. I have a question for you. Now, this is a question that I've had. This is not eschatology-related, Chris, but you can breathe a, a sigh of relief. Now, here's a question. A couple of questions. Okay. Stealing. Now, this relates to money, okay? Would you say stealing is me taking something that I know doesn't belong to me and I know belongs to somebody else? Would you say that's a good definition of stealing or no? Sure. Okay. So, obviously, if I was in your house, right, and there's a $20 bill on the counter and you're not around, I'm like, hey, I'm going to take that $20 bill, put it in my pocket, I claim it as my own, that's stealing, correct? Because I know it's not mine. I know it probably belongs to you or your wife or your kid, correct? Mm, okay. Okay. Okay, but now let's say you're in the mall, right? And you're, you, you, a, a $20 bill accidentally falls out of your pocket and hits the ground. But you, you're not aware that you dropped it on the ground. Does that $20 bill still belong to you? Uh, yeah. But okay. if, if, we're go, if we're going somewhere where I'm walking and I find a $20 bill and it's not immediately apparent where it came from, yeah. I'm gonna go buy myself something with it sure. i mean if i like see it drop out of a guy's if i see it drop out of a guy's pocket i'm like oh hey man you dropped this but, i mean okay, i, I but, like to think that's what I okay <laughs> okay but let's go back to the definition of stealing. so let's say you drop the twenty-dollar bill and you're 50 walking 50 yards away you, you don't know you're not aware that you dropped the 20 dollar bill i see the 20 dollar bill i know it's not mine now again the definition i gave about stealing before i know it belongs to somebody else it's not mine and i'm pretty sure nobody purposely dropped the 20 dollar bill on the ground so if I pick it up, is that stealing? Now, I know, what do you think that's stealing? It's not my I would not think it's stealing. Why not? Because it's not a matter because, of the I mean, heart. And because you don't know where you're stealing from. Like, I mean, you can, you can deduce that it's, it's didn't get there by, it didn't get there by accident, um, but you have no idea, like, you have no one to steal from. Like, who you, at no, that but, point, what, you're stealing from the tile floor? No, no, I just know it belongs to somebody else. They they drop the money on the ground. Great. It's it's so how are you going to determine the real owner? Are you going to be we like, don't. hey, that's who the, lost a $20 bill? 
Yeah, Edrin, um, this this is our Edrin, this is our answer. And one Ask more, if you the ever, serial number. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on. If you ever find a twenty dollar bill and you're in that situation, it's totally mine. Return the twenty dollars to me, Edrin. <laughs> Chris brings up. If they can't tell you what the serial number is on the twenty dollar. But the thing is, Chris, the fact that I might not be able to determine whose it is doesn't change the fact that it's not mine and it does belong to you. It's right. your 20 hour bill. But there's, there's senses of practicality there. And the Old Testament covers this kind of stuff too. So if you read the Old Testament law, it shows you the heart of God in these matters. So just go back and read Leviticus and okay. Deuteronomy for how God deals with you know, accidents and things like that, and you'll get more of an, a sense for what okay. the heart of God is in those situations. So it would be, so wouldn't it be stealing, even though, what if it's a, so wouldn't it be stealing, you're saying? I don't think it's it'd be stealing. Right. I'm, more than, I mean, more than stealing, you could say it would be like money gotten from dishonest gain, but you couldn't even make that case because, I mean, is it really dishonest? Like, I mean, it's laying there. Like, like it, they're, I mean, but you would have a better time making a case for money through ill-gotten gains, but I would say you still couldn't make that case because it's, it's just it's money. Like if you saw someone drop it, then you know you're a bad person and it's stealing or deceptive or all of the above. But I mean, if you have honestly no idea where it came from, um, yeah. I mean, the first person you ask, uh, "Hey, buddy, did you lose this money?" Oh yeah, I totally lost it. Totally lost it. What? You're never gonna no, find the real owner. But I know. But the thing is, I know what? it's not. And you find a plant that has some fruit. Do you take it? Because somebody could have put it there and planted it. So you don't eat. Is that the thinking? Like, that's weird. It's, it's always the intent of the heart, right? I think. I yeah, think Edward, if you feel, yeah, if you feel convicted that you're stealing, if you do it, don't touch it. Leave it alone. I, yeah, no, I, I just, because for example, I, one time I found a, no joke, I found a hundred dollar bill in the parking lot at Planet Fit. It was mine, Edward. It was mine. <laughs> I know it wasn't mine. And some guy or woman, I, they dropped it. Maybe after I picked it up and I took it, maybe they were looking for it five minutes later. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying if I left it there, hypothetically, if everybody just said, look, it's not my $100 bill, that person maybe would come back to Planet Fitness and look around the parking lot. Here's my $100, $100 bill. He finds it. He's the rightful owner. And now it's just back in his possession. It's just, I, a, you know, it's just a hypothetical. Think, it's not yeah, the most. I just for the record. Just the for right the record, thing. I hate situational ethics even more than eschatology. The right thing you should have did was stay there for a whole week looking around, knowing that somebody's going to come. And if they don't come in a week, you hire somebody to stand there for the rest of the year to find to, to get that money back to that person. That's the right thing to do right there. I mean, I already said the money's mine. You can send it to me right now. So I should give it to Nate. That's what I should do. Yes. Appropriate Cash app, That's Nate. Didn't John Calvin talk ah. about not give the money to Nate? I think I think that's one of his institutes. Yeah. So I think he should. If, if it was really their money, then... what, Brandon? Uh, Brandon, we didn't. No, hear you. Say, I was gonna say if it was. Ooh, you're tough. To uh, we, we can't hear you. What What about now? Uh, yeah, a little okay. bit better. It sounds like you're talking into a tin can. Let's see. I, I took it out of speakerphone. I, I was just, I was just trying to say, if it was really their money, they would know what the, what is it, nine number serial number that every bill has on it. So if they can't tell you that out the top of their head, they're. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, I memorize all the serial numbers on my bills. It's totally true. Me too.
You guys don't do that? The rest of you guys don't do that? Interesting. It's because we don't um, have the love, of, the love of money. It's true. So one of the questions in the chat, Nate, was uh, is, is tithing uh, still a thing and why is it 10%? And that's one of my favorite questions. Yeah, so regardless of what Chris is going to say to combat me here in a minute, um, I mean, it's 10%. Like, it goes back to Abraham. Is, is Genesis 3 or it's, it's, no, Malachi 3, 15, I think. But it goes back to Abraham, and it, there's a couple things you can get principles. One talks about the first fruits, but Abraham, I specifically, it says, like, it was a tenth he offered. So, like, there's the traditional understanding or traditional kind of thing in Christianity that's, like, Christians must give 10% of their monetary income to the church uh, because the verses I'm now going to talk about. So they leap a little bit, which I don't think is proper to like demand because, you know, Abraham did it. It says he gave, it was like a, a free will. He offered it. And it was like the 10th of, was all of his possessions, like including like food, fruit, cattle. Like it was, it was not just monetary stuff. So they, they definitely kind of read into it a little bit and adjust for modern day stuff where, you know, money is pretty much the first of what we get. So I don't think like if someone says you must tithe or if you're going to be a member of our church, you must tithe and do this. I don't think that's biblical and I don't think that's accurate. Um, however, I think there is a biblical principle to it that, you know, where Bi the Bible says, you know, if you uh, if you give this to us, you know, if you give this to God, um, you know, test me, test God and see if he won't like pour out the windows of heaven, um, you know, that that there'll be blessings you can't contain. So while it's not a demand, it's not a command, and it's not right for anyone to demand someone pay tithes to their church. Um, if someone freely wants to give to God, and I think the principle is there because it's, it's putting your money where your mouth is, or it's, it's putting your faith in practice. It's like if you really believe this, God, then, you know, there's only a couple places. You know, there's all kinds of places they don't test the Lord your God. And there's like this place that says, test God. So if someone really wants to put God to the test, don't do that. That's the wrong heart. But the point is, if someone wants to exercise their faith, it's not doing good works or anything like that. It's simply exercising your faith and be like, you know what? I am grateful. I do believe this God. I am happy with all he's given me. So I'm going to give my, my first, like, you know, typically the first best. Like, I'm going to give the first of what I have to show, uh, you know, that I, I am happy with God. I recognize everything is a blessing from him. Without him, I would have nothing. So what is, you know, 90% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So it's because of God that I have anything at all. I have breath in my lungs. I have food in my belly. So I want to give the best and first to God, even if that's just with a dollar sign, not necessarily a fattened calf. And um, anyway, so I think that's the principle. And, you know, you hear stories, and even in my own life, like I, there's been times when I have not tithed because I'm like, oh, it's not right for all the reasons I just made. And, you know, they, how dare they demand it? Bah, 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 me, 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 mine, my mind. And, um, you know, it's been it's been kind of a struggle. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, there's been good and bad struggles. So I'm not saying it's a, it's a one for one. But I can tell, like, very different things, not just monetary or tangible stuff, but just like a sense of, I don't know, freedom or peace or happiness with life. I don't know. Um, but from the times I have tithed and have not tithed. Um, and, you know, in the last, last years or decade, like I've, I've, you know, faithfully given, you know, 10% of my income, not greens, not offerings, but money, because that's what I have. Um, and it's been a happier life. And I can look back and measure the times when I have and have not tithed. So I think the principle is there. So I tried to cover every single base to take bullets out of Chris's gun that he's now going to use to say why um, it's all baloney. But yeah, I do think uh, there is biblical principle to tithing. So if someone does that and you want to, I don't know, test God and see what happens, that's the time to do it. Um, so I've never tithed and then been like, 
oh, I don't have enough food or I don't have enough money to pay bills. Like I've always, you know, I've always had plenty. I've always had provision. And it's certainly not like a get rich or prosperity type thing. It, it is totally different from that. I have to say, Nate, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, I, I don't get on the train like, oh, you think you can send a person to hell for it. But I, I always say I wish I could uh, give 90 and live off the 10 because I think it's really a reflection of the heart position wanting to give. But I, I can say myself, the more I give, I've never been in a situation like, oh, well, I don't have it because I gave. I, I've never experienced that. And like, like you said it, I think it is a, a good principle. I don't think it's a law. Like, uh, and I think that's what some people get mixed up, law versus principle. I think the principle of 10% is, is a, and you know, I've done it my whole life. I can't go as to the extremes. I've seen some people like sending people to hell. Like, I don't know if I could go that far. But I can, I can definitely say that when you give to God, he gives back to you and, I know everybody gives to the piece of the church would be made. Nope, you're I don't Brandon. get on that train of like who's going to hell and heaven over tithing, but it's definitely when you don't want to give. Uh, what, what about now? That when you don't want to give to God, to me, it really shows a lot. Uh, yeah, Brandon, you're chowing up pretty bad. You need to give because God is good. That was pretty much it. Ah. Yeah, and, you know, to the guy talking about how it was for the Levites and to sustain, you know, sustain them and things like that, and it was only for ancient Israel. I mean, you know, I think Brandon and I would both agree with you. Again, that's not the point. Like, you know, we're not we're not giving ties to sustain the ancient Levites. Um, <laughs> we're giving because, you know, it, it, it basically hinges on the verse that, you know, is uh, the verses that talk about, you know, you're giving because God is good. You recognize it's a faith position that, uh, you know, without God, you would have nothing anyway. So, you know, you're recognizing that you're honoring God. And um, <clears throat> also, you know, uh, even Matthew, uh, you know, in the New Testament talks about, you know, giving sacrificially and with a willing heart. So, you know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver and stuff like that. And then the Malachi thing like that's or is it the Malachi verse that talks about how, you know, the open the window or see if I won't open the windows of heaven with blessings you can't contain. Like that's that's like Levite. That's like Levite independent. Like whether or not you're supporting some ancient priest or not, which we're not, but even when they were then, like that's like an independent cause. Like that's an independent point. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if someone wanted to, you know, often people will go too far and try to make a uh, liberal argument for like tithing in the church uh, now and, and try to like twist it to socialism, which is totally wrong. And they'd be like, see, look, look in the, uh, forget 10%, you should give 100%. You should put it in a commune, just like, you know, the church in Acts did. And, um, They'll go too far the other way, but you know the church in Acts. It's like you know, if, perhaps that's not a horrible idea, but they were in a community and there was no one forcing them to give it. Like remember Ananias and Sapphira. Um, you know Peter's like, look, this was your money. You could have gave it. You could have not gave it, but you lied about it. So that's like extra bad. So um, just before we go too far the other way, like no one should force anyone to give any money. Um, it should totally be free will. And that being said, you know if it's your money, give whatever you want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the early church, and for a lot of other cultural reasons, right, not just because, um, you know, there's a lot of other cultural reasons why they did that. Like, you know, they were, they were, um, you know, like circling the wagons, they were being persecuted. There was a lot of reasons for them to stay close together in a community. So I think more plays into it than just, hey, take all my stuff. Um, 
Well, Nate, I will say this too. Um, what I, I think some, some people, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but what I think some people missed about the Malachi passage, for example, is the text is actually not even talking about literal tithing. It's what people don't realize. The tithing that's being spoken of in Malachi chapter is actually talking about your service unto God. Uh, and it was now, of course, the context is in reference to the Levite priest because they were the messengers of the law and they were the messengers of the covenant according to chapter two. But if you follow, if you follow the, the if you follow from chapter two all the way to the end of chapter, well, yeah, chapter three, up to that point, you'll actually notice that the tithing, the tithe and offering that God is speaking about in that in that in that context is actually speaking of of their uh, obedience and service unto Him, but not actually giving a tenth of their earnings or a tenth of this and a sacrifice and offering. That's not what the, that's not what God's even speaking of. Well, yeah, this because, is the Genesis. Uh, yeah, I, I mix a lot of verses together. This is Genesis 14 and 18, um, where I'm t it's talking about how Abraham gave a tenth. Dealing with like Melchizedek, and you know it says Abraham gave a tenth of everything. So again, that's a good point, Harold. But I mean, that's why I also said you know like that. There's no there's no like specific thing that talks about a tenth of your income. Um, it's more like the principle, right? Like Abraham gave a tenth of everything, you know, and Malachi, what you said, and the other guy talking about how it's to sustain Levitical priest. So it's not like a one for one. Like they did this exactly, so now you're doing this exactly. It's more of like the principle. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally get that. I'm just I'm just speaking on the Malachi because everyone uses that. Everyone runs to that passage to say, oh, well, this passage clearly says that you're supposed to tithe. And they think that God is speaking about earnings, but God's not speaking about earnings. He's just he's simply talking about their obedience to him. That's all he's that's all he's speaking of. So like how, for example, I believe it's Samuel. Uh, he says, uh, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, uh, and then I believe, I think it's in the book of Amos where it's, where God says, uh, something along the lines of, uh, that their, their bodies offered up as sacrifices. Um, you know, and then even Psalms, I think Psalm 51, it says sacrifice and offering thou what is not, but a ear have you opened. A body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A body. Yeah, but, yeah, but the psalm, the, the psalm says, an ear have you opened. Um, it says, an ear have you opened. Well, the ear being opened is in reference to Deuteronomy 15, where the, where the, where the, um, the slave or the servant, when he enters, enters into his master's house to be of service to his master, his master would hold its ear up to the doorpost and punch a, I think it's called an awl through his ear, which is basically an ear piercing. So that ear piercing is is, is a signet to say that I have devoted myself uh, to the to the will of this master. So that's what Psalms is actually referencing. Uh, but anyway, to, to get back to the tithing offering. So the, the whole idea of Malachi chapter 3, which people like to use for tithing, it's not talking about 
it's not talking about literal tithing at all. It's just talking about obedience to God's commandments. But anyway, I, I you know, I, I mean, maybe I could see that in the interest of you know not beholding to one interpretation. But I, eh, I would want to look into that more. Uh, but I mean, specifically, is Malachi three ten? I said three fifteen. Um, but you know, talking about, I mean, bringing. So you're saying. In your understanding, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. You're saying tithe uh, means the all through the ear or whatever you're talking about. Not not by any stretch of the imagination. That's not what I said at all. Or, well, whatever saying, you did say. Yeah, so what I said was if you follow the context from chapter 2, all the way up to that to that particular uh, point of chapter three, you will see that God's not speaking about literal tithing. He's using that as a um, how do I say a similitude for the, the the obedience of the priests in following His commandments. Now we can walk. I can I can I can walk you through it to to I mean to kind of solidify what I'm saying. I was oh, saying we have time for that. Yeah. Oh, we got I mean, time for everything. But, I mean, there, this is this is drawing things out for a very, very, very simple answer. I, I just say this, uh, you know, and like I say, usually the time and conversation is one I'm always real careful because I, I adamantly believe in giving, not even just with money, but time and resources. Growing up in a preacher's house, where you know, getting up early, having to go give clothes and do things. And I just never think twice when somebody asks for something and I have it because that, I don't know how not to, because maybe it's brainwashing. I don't know, but I, I was forcibly taught to give as a child and it's such a part of me. I don't know how not to, but I, I always say this, one of the best things I heard from a preacher, if everybody in your church gave like you, could the work of God go forward? And I think when people think like in those terms, and if this is something you really love, Tithing or ten percent won't even be a question. Uh, Chris, you, what was your uh, setting everything up for an easy answer? Here's where Chris is going to destroy us all. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Going to cut us, Chris. So, uh, so that now that Joyce Meyer has given their opinion, <laughs> um, you like that? Wait, you like that? which one of us is Chris? Uh, anything your, that attacks word of faith, I'm happy. <laughs> so um tithing is an old testament concept um the the tithe is specifically for excuse me the plumber just got here so uh yeah so abba welcome uh yeah we were talking about tithing and uh you know i'm gonna say my answer still stands which is what chris is getting to yeah old testament concept but i still think there's biblical principles to it and, you know, you're not going to be, you know, God is going to bless you. And if you want to test God, this is the time to do it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Abba, we were talking about uh, Malachi 310, uh, several things, Genesis and Abraham. But uh, Genesis 14, where Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek of his stuff. And then uh, more recently, Malachi 310. And Harold had an interesting thing that I haven't heard of before. So, you know, it's commonly understood, well, the way you commonly understand it. Um, but Harold was saying that it actually wasn't talking about a tithe in that sense. But I, I was curious. Yeah, what do you think, Abba, about Malachi three ten? Like, well, let me look. At, what Harold, yeah. Let me look that up. But let's just say to start, Malachi is not a legal text. The story of 
Abraham and Melchizedek is not a legal text. So if you're trying to derive laws, you know, civic laws about taxes and tithes, you're going to want to go to the legal sections of that that actually talk about the law. So it's a little bit silly. I think it's a little bit, what did you say, Micah? You say, oh, uh, Malachi. Malachi. Uh, Three. Yeah, I mean, we're I mean, we're not talking about like a law, um, and at least you know for Christians and tithing, um, we're we're just trying to, um, you know, someone asked if tithing is biblical, so I, I think you know while there's not a command, uh, I think there are biblical principles there that make it a wise idea. Um, but then Harold had a unique take on Malachi three, ten, which was really my question for you, Harold. Do you wanna do you wanna recap Malachi three ten? Malachi three ten just means you're gonna right. Bring the food, right? This is food. This isn't money. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. This is grain. This is not money. And right. let there be food in my house, right? So that, right? And thus put me to the test, said the Lord of hosts. If you're gathering all the food, which means you're going to have food security, right? Does God need to provide rain so that you can have uh, fruitful crops? Well, you might think that if you gathered all the grain, that God wouldn't have to make it rain. I don't mean to rhyme there, sorry. Right? <laughs> but God says, no, no, you're going to bring the tithe into the house. Right? You're going to bring the grain. You're going to have food security. Nevertheless, I will surely open the floodgates of the sky for you and pour down blessings of you. I will still make you have abundance because I'm going to make it rain. That's what floodgates of the sky mean. And I'll banish the locusts so they'll not destroy the yield of your soil and your vines and blah, blah, blah. This is the messianic, this is the future thing that's going to happen. Now, if you want to say that that applies here, right, to some kind of um, advice, right, or good principle to then try to enact in current day, that's fine. But just say clearly, you're not following the biblical law. You're simply saying this is a nice, this is a good thing to do that the law says, right? And we don't care about the particulars of the law. We just think you know giving charity is good and whatever. Of course, you know tithes isn't charity. Tithes is taxes. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. No one's talking about the law. But my question for you was something Harold said, which he didn't even understand it the way you just said. So that was my question for you, Harold. Do you want to recap real fast for uh, Abba and get his take on what you just said? About the context going from Malachi 2 back? Yeah, so in short, in short, the Malachi chapter 3 text, you have to follow it from chapter 2 to get the full, the, 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 the full context of what is, what is being dealt with by the writer. And essentially, when you get up to that point, you realize that God's not literally speaking about actual tithing and offerings, as in giving material things, whether it be food, whether it be money, whether it be clothes off your back, whether it be threads off a spool. He's speaking about how the priests are supposed to deliver God's word to properly teach the people. They are the messengers of the covenant. And so it is the, the Malachi 3 text uh, is essentially a similitude that God is using to convey that point. 
but you have to follow it from chapter two to get the full context. So yeah, that's my question for you, Abba. Um, he is saying that Malachi three that we just talked about, food doesn't mean food. What would you say about that? I I mean I just went back to Malachi two and I'm not seeing the context that he's talking about that says this is simply like spiritual instruction. No, I, I, I'm not seeing that. Can you show, right? There's a commandment here to the priest. That's verse one, right? This is for you, right? Unless you obey, I'll send a curse, right? If you obey, I'll send a blessing. That's basically what's happening. So how do you know, right? I have sent this charge to you that my covenant with Levi may endure. So tell, how do you know what you just said about that that's how we need to read Malachi? You're right. We have to read Malachi 3 in the context of Malachi 2. But how do you know that that's the context? Uh, because no, here we go. You're chopping up pretty bad, Harold. Um. All right, we'll just claim victory for now. Okay. Um, Chris, well, hey, you, I'm back. Are you all right, what up, what up, Chris? Well, now, see, now I miss what Rabbi said, and that upsets me because I was. No, he just had the traditional understanding we do. I mean, you know, he was he was saying he was saying like you know don't follow this as a law, don't say this was a law, it's not a law, and like yeah, we know that. And he's like, it's talking about food, not money, and like yeah, we know that. He's like, if you want to say it's a general principle, then great. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. But then, as far as Harold's saying, Harold was in the middle of explaining how food doesn't mean food, and Rabbi was questioning on it, but his microphone is really bad. So now it's your turn, Chris. You're cut so, up. Congratulations. So here's here's the real easy part. In Christianity, we're not talking about ancient Judaism here because not my field. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, what we're talking don't about here mon- is... Don't call us monkeys. I'm, fair. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> um, So uh, what I'm going to say for Christian churches is that the Christian New Testament um, appeal is to giving and not to tithing, and that tithing is a concept that is found. It is also, by the way, if you really read your law, and maybe Rabbi can help me out with this, it's 10% plus 10% plus uh, 5% every two years. So that comes out to 22.5%. So, you know, for people that really think tithing is well, There's two great. tithes. There's right. two tithes, right? There's, a, there's yeah. a first tithe and a second tithe, and then there's some other kind of tithey things. Plus, if you want to put in your yeah, it, the, you can calculate it. I've never done that. But like basically, um, plus there's the half a shekel to the temple, right? In other words, the temple has taxes for its operation, right? The government, yeah. and, right? And some of this has, you have to pay, the, you have to feed the priests and the Levites, right? Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, you could, but again, these are not charitable gifts. These are commitments of a citizen to the, to the management of the government, to the management yeah. of the civic entity. Yeah. Now, now, if you want to take that, now if you want, right, absent sort of a an obligation to the law, if you want to say something like giving is good, yeah, great. I think it's kind of a mistake, right? And you, and if you want the model to be tithe, which is ten percent on the giving, that's fine. But I think it's a it's a little bit of a jump to say this tax then gets transformed to a sort of charitable free will offering to the needy, right, or even to mm-hmm. the upkeep of the church. The upkeep of the church, at least, is like a little bit more on point. Yep. But again, yeah, right, it, you can, right, and you can see, you can see the conceptual move here, right? But let's let's be clear that it's not. 
I don't have to say that the text actually means what Harold is saying, right? I, I, I can keep the text in its traditional view of what tithing is. And I don't have to like, I don't have to spiritualize it afterwards. All I can say is, yeah, look, Christians decided to do this thing and use this as a model. And I think that's a bit more honest. I yep. think that is correct too. And I think that's what we're saying. And it's more than, yeah. So in this case, it's, you know, like Chris says, the 22% or whatever. I mean, it's uh, more than, you know, let's say 10% to the big guy. In this case, the big guy would be God. <clears throat> but um, Yvette, hey, Yvette, welcome. What's up? Hey, oh, anyway, can I, I was just going to finish real quick. Um, okay. Anybody who says, anybody in a Christian context who says that you must tithe um, is an illiterate moron who should not be teaching you and you should run away from that church as fast as you can. Or they're um, because they're a false teacher or they're greedy and salt, false self-serving. Like they're, they're just, they're bad people. So the, the, the new Testament is very clear that there's no such thing as tithing for Christians. Anybody who is saying that you must tithe, um, is a false teacher and you should run away from them as fast as you can. Now, the other bit, thing about it is that we do do giving. And so my family does giving and I'm not going to say what percentage we do or whatever or toot my own horn, but we give as sacrificially, you know, so, um, to the church. And it is also clear that it is to the church that you give because the church then uses the elders and leadership to, um, distribute those gifts as they see fit. And so, that may be something you guys want to talk about, but yes, it is to the church. It is not to your favorite ministry or whatever else. It is to uh, yeah. the church that you go to. And then I would also say that, you know, whoever um, whoever encourages someone to, I don't know, throw God some bones, see what happens. I don't think they'll be disappointed um, from my own experience, but it should not be a command. But Yvette, what's up, Yvette? I, am, I, I had to get to you because I'm sure you've got an awesome question for yeah. us today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, why would you think I have an awesome question or a lot of because questions? the the most unique experiences seem to happen to you, so i'm I'm wondering what has happened to you recently what I don't understand because you because you, 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 you always have like some like very unique experience like you know like some like very you know like some like crazy circumstances befallen you like you know the last uh, I mean the last time you talked about you know the the brother in law or whatever like I'm like oh. wow that does and then like I, I forget the other ones because that's like the standout forever. But like the ones before that, it's like, you know, some other like crazy circumstance happened and some other, I can't remember now, but you know, things happen to you that don't happen to normal people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm very cursed. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, setting maybe. you up for nothing. Well, what's up? <laughs> uh, so uh, Rabbi Yuri or Abba, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I guess I'll just call you Abba. So um, the question is that what was the animal sacrifice procedure for the yearly forgiveness of sin? I understand that. I don't know if it had to be a lamb or a goat uh, that had to that you had to like, I don't know if you had to put your hands on it or do some type of prayer. I'm, I'm just I'm wondering because this is the, the Jewish covenant under the Jewish covenant. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so in the temple on Yom Kippur, there was there were several sacrifices, you know, a bunch of sacrifices that day, the daily ones, the additional one, but the the sort of sin offering, right? So you get two goats, two, um, Seir is a, a goat, um, right? This is where we get scapegoat from. You get two goats that are identical, 
right? And there's a sort of, you know, coin flip, if you will, right? To decide which one is going to be sent out to Azazel and which one is going to be sacrificed. You tie a red string around the one that's going to be sent to Azazel, which basically means sent eastward as far as you can go until it falls off a cliff, right? There's a gate on the east side of Jerusalem that you walk that you walk through. The priest takes it all the way back through, and basically it gets uh, you know, thrown off a cliff or just sent into the wilderness. So the sins of the people get transferred on, and that happens by laying of the hands uh, from the priest onto the, onto the goat, right? Um, and then the second goat gets sacrificed in the temple. What what is the representation for the one that goes to Azazel, meaning like go out into the wilderness? That go what is what is the your, the representation of that? What is the representation of that? I'm not sure I understand what. Like that it is. carries the sins of all the people for a year. Like that's the that's what happens, right? Is that what right, you're So asking? hold on, we're 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 Leviticus what? Maybe it's where are we at? Um, where's Yom Kippur in the Bible? I should know this, right? <laughs> We're not judging. No, 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 that's fine. It's not for you to judge anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it hurts a little bit. Hold on, I just want to look at it. I want to look at it. Um, laws of Yom Kippur. I want to speak correctly. Um, Leviticus 23. Um, okay, so let's look that up. It's, it's oh, Leviticus man, so 16. Oh, 16? Thank you. Okay, so what do we get? Uh, don't go in. Ba -ba -ba. Go to the ritual bath, change your clothes. This happens a lot. Okay, great. So you get two goats. One stands in front of God at the entrance, and you put them in front of God in the tent of meeting. Um, he places lots, Aaron places lots, one for God, one for Azazel, right? Then one comes, is the chatat, right? The sin offering. And the other one has atonement. Okay, so let's, okay, so here's what we need to, there's, a, there's atonement, right? Kapara, which is not the same as forgiveness, right? We have to sort of understand. The chatat that's brought is, right, the sin offering, is the thing that takes away the sin from the priest and his family. Um, then there's incense, and then there's the sprinkling. That accomplishes that atonement. Um, and then the other one gets sent away because that sort of takes all of the transgressions um, of Israel. Hold on, I'm reading this. This is a lot to read and talk at the same time. Um, I mean, are you saying what is the point of if you have a sacrifice inside and you have this thing that gets sent out as outside? Yeah. Then what's the difference? Is that what you're asking? Like, what's yeah, and you were explaining. Yeah. Yeah, I think one right. So the key is is one is for God, and one is for Azazel, right? So some speculate Azazel is this like other demigod that like require right, and before the Hebrew Bible requires like all of this requires a sacrifice for itself, right? The Hebrew Bible doesn't really think that anymore. It's just, you have to send these away. What does it say? Aaron is to put his hands on the second goat and is to confess over it all the sins of the children of Israel, 
all their transgressions for all their sins. Then he's to place them upon the head of the goat and send it um, out into the wilderness. It bears the iniquities. In other words, all of the sins get transferred over and then they go. But it's not sacrificed per se to God. In other words, it's just a confession and they go out. The other one is forgive me for these particular sins, me, my family, and the whole house of Israel. In other words, one's a confession and one is an atonement. I would sort of separate them that way. Oh, interesting. Um, when you when you place your hands and the sins are transferred onto the goat, is that when the forgiveness takes place, or so I don't think there's I... For, I don't think there is forgiveness in the Yom Kippur ritual. There is atonement. I don't think atonement is the same as forgiveness. Atonement means setting it back to zero, right? Resetting the system. But it doesn't mean you've been forgiven. Oh, so that yearly sacrifice is not for the forgiveness of sin? It is for the atonement of sin. Do you have a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin? So... That has, to be done that has to be done individually. In other words, you bring right. a sin offering for your personal sins, right? And that's the, right? That's the one, the chatat, right? The sin offering. And again, that's for both atonement and, and you can say maybe forgiveness, although how would you know, right? Because that's just sort of between you and God. And then there's something, right? So I, I, I don't, I, this is my view. I don't think that, this sections of the Bible about the Yom Kippur sacrifice are about forgiveness at all. I think atonement is a very different thing than forgiveness. Um, though there are individual ways to kind of reset that system from an individual point of view. Right? But that's why it's Yom Kippur. It's not, it's not the day of forgiveness. It's the day of atonement. Right? And it has to do as much with a national state of relationship between God and the Jewish people and the state of the temple and is it pure and is it does it function properly in other words if there's too much sin in the community the temple will stop doing its work and I think it would be fair to the to the person who wasn't being super pedantic if, if like they're equating forgiveness and atonement I know there's a technicality there that is different but if someone's basically saying what are I going to be what are I going to do to be cool like forgiveness slash atonement like you talked about resetting the scale, like, yeah, you're cool. You're good. Um, without getting into the specifics, I think. Um, but then I would be a bad host of the ask a Christian room to not point out that Christians would say something like, see that scapegoat. Uh, you know, we think in a sense that is a, a precursor to Christ, uh, you know, in the ask a Christian room, uh, serving the purpose to atone, uh, for God, making everyone cool with God, uh, you know, who confesses right. and believes. That's right. That would be the so Christian. a little compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah, that would be the Christian view on that for sure. Yeah. All right, I got to go learn some Torah for a second, Thank and you. I can talk to some Christians. Okay, <laughs> uh, we may not be here. It's going to be a short day. I actually have some stuff to do in about fifteen minutes. I got to run, but it's always good. Uh, always good to have you stop by, Abba. Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, before I leave, just to John Chudrick, the Jews did not structure their theology to oppose Christianity. That's false. Okay, that's go read some history. That's not right certainly Jewish theology has been in response and in conversation with all of the cultures that surrounded it, but specifically as a polemic against Christianity is not right. 
And those kinds of ideas are what leads to Christians being assholes and killing Jews. So don't say shit like that. That's incorrect. Sorry for swearing. For the record, I've never wanted to be a jerk or kill a Jew. Just saying. This no, I understand. I understand. I'm just saying these kinds of views that say the Jews were always out for Christianity, right, is the kind of thing you would need to say if you wanted to go murder Jews. Noted. <clears throat> Uh, well, with the short time I have left, who else has something? We get time for maybe one more topic or one more question. Father Chris, anything on your mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like, I mean, Abba is exactly correct. Like, the idea about the difference between uh, forgiveness and atonement is huge. So the Muslims believe in forgiveness. We believe in atonement. And so... God doesn't forgive sin in the sense that he just forgets about it without an atoning sacrifice. So that's why we have something called penal substitutionary atonement, where Jesus died for the sins of all the, all the believing ones, right? Like John 3 says. So Jesus died as an atoning sacrifice. It's not that God just looks the other way at our sin and forgives us. We do have forgiveness of sins, but we have forgiveness of sins because of the atoning work of Christ. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you for clearing that up. All right. I, I knew that was going to be a point of confusion. So I just wanted to make sure like he, I was exactly correct. Atonement and forgiveness are not the same. They are not analogs to each other. Um, okay. Interesting. We can have forgiveness because we have atonement, if that makes sense. Wow. One has to come before the other. Wow. Interesting. All right. Let's see. What's the most interesting conversation going on in chat? I'll just take a chance. Is Reb still here? Let's see what the Reb has to say. Oh, Rabbit's gone. Bob would differ from you, Chris. <laughs> I don't know if you read the chat. Oh, well, you know, that's nice. Bob's Bob is a sweet old man that we hope comes to forgiveness before he leaves, shuffles off his mortal. <laughs> so. Uh, Victoria, anything else on your mind? Um, so Felix uh, earlier had a question he put in the chat. Um, I think he wasn't able to come to the VC to ask about it. I don't know if that got addressed at some point. Uh, do you know the question? Do you see it there? Uh, it, it was about Leviticus 18, 6-8. Um, I don't know if he's there. Uh, oh yeah, Felix is there. Is he here? I don't see him. I, he's in chat? the members. Oh, you speaking, Felix? A little lighthearted Levitical discussion before I leave? Cannot speak. Alright, I can't look at the verse at the moment. I'm in a pretty intense Fortnite battle. 
I've gotten better from the the mold sickness that I have. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Is all that out of your house now? Yeah. Uh, the sofa, of course, is damaged, but it was worth it because I got better afterwards. Well, we are glad you're better. Thank you. And yet, um, I I was attending a Bible study, but I guess I hadn't attended enough of the sessions, so I got Did you get kicked out. out? Of it. What? Yes. And what they do? Just say don't come back. Uh, no, it was like more like a general message for anyone who hadn't attended, and I, yeah. And that's how, well, that's how I knew I got kicked out because I also got the notification. Well, that's uh, rough. Yeah. Oh, well. We need to find you in search. <laughs> I guess she has to now. <laughs> but or was it a Bible study affiliated with your church or just an independent Bible study? It's an independent Bible study. It's online. It's called Christian Fellowship. And I chose a group. I think it's called Christian Fellowship. Oh, Bible Fellowship. No, it's something Bible like Study that. Fellowship. Oh, there you go. Oh, you're you're you know about it, yeah. And I I really liked the group that I that I was in, but I would always miss it, miss the time. That I mean, I don't know. I guess I was just not responsible enough to attend every week. They have it once a week. Uh, but I, I just missed it sometimes and most of the time. And, and well, I, it's because I was busy uh, dealing with my sister. So, um, well, well, I don't know. I, I mean, hopefully, I don't know, because I really like the group. Uh, it can open, it, one spot open, because they said that they have their spots full. And because the the person in charge of the Bible study group, she wanted to make it more intimate, so she wanted to keep only the ones that had been, like coming in every week. So she shortened her list and and like, well, I was one of the ones that didn't come every week, which is what, how I got kicked out. Well, if it's an online thing, can't you just join another group that's the same thing, or do they have like multiple ones under that umbrella? Yeah, the good thing is there's a bunch of them, like a lot of them, right, Chris? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Bible study fellowship just... is real specific, Nate. Um, it it has to you have to attend every week, and it, that's part of the covenant that you make with that group. So, like, if you do miss, they do they do ask you to to bow out um, because they are it it is just that's the purpose of it is to is to make sure that you're going every single time. That's I guess that makes sense then. I mean, yeah. I know like whenever I'm doing extra biblical stuff, like, you know, game sessions and things like that, I like our role-playing games and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it I mean, you know, the, it's like once a week. So if people don't show up, I get a little testy. Um, so I get it. Um, it's just specific like that. It's, 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 it's not a um, it's not a casual Bible study. In, it, in other words, it's it's extremely specific. Have you been in this, Chris? No, my wife has gone there. What's her uh, assessment of it? I guess it's only. Oh, she years. loves it, but she just didn't have time to make the commitment, so she had to bow out. 
Well, maybe your wife and Yvette could start one and then just show up like, you know, every couple months when they can both be there at the same time. <laughs> uh, too soon. <laughs> All right, Bob, you want to talk? I got five minutes. Come talk to Chris. Oh, fantastic. Entertain us. It's my birthday. It must be. Is it really? Oh. No, it's not. What do you want to know, Chris? I mean, I, I don't have anything specific, Bob. You seem like you want to keep teaching me about something or another at some point. Bob, yeah. is there, <clears throat> you need anything? to get rid of that, that reformed theology about Jesus being God, man. How, how long are you going to try to hang with that? Well, I was going to say, talk to him about the Reformed theology, but Reformed theology is not just the Jesus being God thing. So, you know, pick on all the other Reformed stuff. Go. All right. Pick a topic. <laughs> what you want me to say? The, the Reformed stuff, the actual Reformed stuff, not the Jesus God stuff, but like, you know, the... I don't think the, Bob the actually knows what Reformed theology teaches, so this will be interesting. Well, I don't, what does Reformed theology teach? That, what is it? Scroll stuff is all I know. And Calvin, maybe? Yeah. Go for that. Get him. I don't, like, I don't like C.S. Lewis. Why would I like Sproul? C.S. Lewis wasn't Calvinist, right? No, he was not. Was he? He or Tolkien was Catholic. Which one was Catholic? Tolkien was Catholic. C.S. Lewis, and Lewis was, was just regular, correct Protestant. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't no regular, correct Protestant. Uh, yeah, he was. Why? Because he thought it was a Trinity. By the rest of the world, Senator Bob's not yours. Yeah, Bob, I mean, like, here's the thing, buddy, is that, you know, Unitarians are like, they don't even have a seat at the kids' table. Like, no one takes them seriously, like, in any theology. Like, you guys have been, like, kind of the butt of jokes of all Christians for, like, 2,000 years. He means that so, in a very godly and holy way. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, I can't argue that. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. But the least shall be greatest at the end. No, you're just a heretic who's just going to find out the hard way, it seems. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it well, seems. he who teaches, you know, that's I love it when the Hebrew Israelites say that because they're like, you know, it's always in context of the, um, you know, their context of where it's like, you know, he teaches them to not follow the laws and, you know, break them. He'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And they usually equate that to like, I don't know, Christmas. Um, but I'm thinking, well, look, guys, if if we're wrong, then at least we're in the kingdom of heaven, although the least, but wonderful. If we're right, which we are, you're not in the kingdom of heaven at all. So oh. is it better by your own by your own nonsense to be least in the kingdom of heaven or not be in the kingdom of heaven at all? I don't know. Outer darkness and weeping and gnashing teeth don't sound like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, no one's uh, talking about that. Agreed. That would be for the Hebrew Israelites who are not in the kingdom at all. Like least nope. in the kingdom of heaven is not outer darkness. Well, all I know is outer darkness is not where you want to be. I agree. Repent and believe the gospel. The right. lake, but the lake of fire, that's definitely going to be worse. I what thought you were going to say it was going to be a party. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Really? No. You better check out darkness and fire. You don't think they can exist like the sun and the moon? Like we have a sun and we have a moon. I mean, moon's we not, have day and we have day moon, and we have night. Yeah, and moon's cold on one side and hot on the other, ain't it? Totally relevant. So we can have a lake of fire 
and also outer darkness. Like I don't see, I don't see why that's uh, that's a problem. I don't either. It won't be for God. Uh, sure. We're in the twilight zone right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks we only got five minutes, and uh, anyway, it was good. I <laughs> that was too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm thinking about coming to Florida, maybe, and holding a few sessions. But oh, did I tell you I'm thinking about moving to Alaska? <laughs> Bob, if you come to Florida, I will personally take you around. If you come to Orlando, how's that sound? He'll tie you up in his trunk, Chris. We'll never hear from you again. I mean, I'm okay no, with that. No, he wouldn't do that. That's not no, the kind of you want to be. If I can come to Orlando, I'll definitely let you know. And if you come to Monroe, I'll pick you up in my truck and show you around. I, okay. Yeah, I don't think I'm coming to Monroe anytime soon. But With all the rope and duct tape? <laughs> yeah. Well, Monroe's, I don't think Monroe's got a direct flight to Orlando. I don't Where think Monroe, Monroe has a direct flight to anywhere. Where's you don't, Monroe? Is you know what? Alabama? No, Monroe, it was the home of Delta Airlines. That's where it had its beginning. What state is it in? The one I'm in. Right down I the know. Road. I don't remember. Mississippi, Louisiana. Alabama? Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh. I'm in Louisiana. Monroe, Louisiana. Delta Airlines. Louisiana. Beginning. What's that Popeye song? Delta Chicken and Popeye's. Mm-mm. Does me and Popeye's Bobby McGee, song. me and Bobby McGee was a song that was popular a while back. What's your thoughts on Duck Dynasty, Bob? I like Phil. He's got a real nice place down there on the on the river. Oh wait, are you in, you're in like uh, West Monroe, like that area? That that's the whole place you're at. Monroe and West Monroe is only Running. divided by a river. So have you met any of those guys like out and about? Yeah. You have? Did you Why, try to yeah. convert them? Did you try to convert them to Unitarianism? How'd they feel about that? I just talked to them. They're busy with the Church of Christ stuff. Wait, yeah. what? They're in Church of Christ or what? What's... Oh, yeah. They're Church of Christ, dude. They're not. They're like, yeah, they're kind of whack jobs. Why can't anyone be normal? Sorry. But... <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to the burst church... the bubble. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I'm baptized to be saved, Church of Christ guys. Goodness. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not far. I'm not far from Phil. I, I was down there fishing right at his back door. Not uh, last year. Oh, when you told yeah. Bob that, or when you told Phil that he should be a Unitarian, what did he say? I didn't tell. I have not had a conversation with Phil. I have had conversation with some of the others at their store. Yeah, how did that go? Well, I've not had bad conversations with them. But, I mean, I hadn't got into any conversation about... I wasn't the in there. I wasn't, I wasn't in there to throw up a bomb. <laughs> I mean, okay. I guess we're just blessed. Well, who has the better chance in your estimation of being saved, uh, Unitarian or Church of Christ? They, they believe do they believe in the Trinity at least, Church of Christ? Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Harry. That he answered your question. Church of Christ has a better chance than a Unitarian, according to Chris. Did I get that oh, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> hundred. And you would say their chances are still about what? 
Chris said their chance is 100%. No, no, better, uh, 100% better than you. But now compared to actually being saved on zero to, you know, on, on zero to hell, what, what do you think their chances are? Well, me and Chris ain't smart as God, so. I, I mean, I'm not familiar. Like, I had a friend that was Church of Christ, uh, but I, I really, you know, we never really talked in depth about what they believe. It's like, okay, God, cool, sweet. Um, but, yeah, like, is, is the baptized in their church one of the weirdest things yes, they believe besides I, the music I, thing? Hey, if you ain't baptized in their church, you ain't saved yet. Not pretty much. Correct. Is that, is, that, is, that the most, is that the most wonky thing they believe? Well, I mean, you know, baptismal regeneration is pretty wonky. Um, but yes, that is the most wonky that they believe. I think so, you're correct. I, I agree with. Would you say I they agree can with still Chris. be? <laughs> oh man, I need to rethink my life choices if Bob is agreeing with me. So do you, Chris? Chris do, do you, I, hang on. Do you think I, I'm trying to parse through this? So would they still be saved if they believe everything else good enough? Um, salvation issues, except the the baptize in their specific church. Is that enough to pronounce someone capital H heretic? No, the the problem is not baptized in their church. It's the same problem that like oneness Pentecostals have is that they're they're trusting baptism itself, like the physical act of baptism, for their salvation, rather than but it, like. But is that one of the things how like Catholics would try to apologize and be like, no, no, we totally have to be baptized. But it's totally not a work because God is making us get in the car and drive. Is it like one of those justifications where they're like, no, no, it's not actually a work because God's making I'm like, God's making you drive your car to get baptized. Yes. I'm like, well, what do you say to that? I mean, is it one of those things? They're like, no, no, it's yeah. totally a work that we are doing or no, no, it's, it's a work of God. We're just jumping in water. I mean, they're, I yeah, I mean, they're, look, everybody's going to try to parse through it in their own way and try to give some kind of weird justification. It doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it just a misunderstanding. It's still a false doctrine. You know, that the problem, the problem is, is that baptismal regeneration is, is a scoundrel doctrine. How's that? Is that better? What does that mean? A scoundrel doctrine? It means it's so it's so pernicious and so false, but yet like really close to what the gospel actually is, that the only people that are teaching it are really pernicious, lying, false teachers. Okay. What I'm saying? Yeah, well, there's not a shortage of false teachers, or at least false teachings. Well, that is correct. <laughs> Man, that's the second time I've agreed with Bob today. I don't know, but you know, it's all—it's always funny when like the the different people will like take different sides, thinking they're helping, but it's like, no, no, you're not. Like, if you say something, and Bob agrees. They're like, wait, if Bob's agreeing, or like, you know, when like I don't know, Israel Ishtar agreed with me or something. I'm like, wait, wait. He's like, no, I agree <laughs> with you, brother Nate. I'm like, I, I don't. That doesn't help my position. <laughs> not helping me. Not it's not not giving me good feels. As an atheist, I agree with Chris. Wait, 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 don't don't agree with me so much. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, I enjoyed my time with uh, Dale Tuggy in Nashville, so I figured I'd enjoy some time with you at Orlando. Sure. I think no you'd problem. enjoy time with Chris. Set that up. Oh, you guys can do a you can do a clubhouse together. You guys can join uh join on stage as a dynamic duo. Yeah. I, I can't get I can't get Dale on Clubhouse. I've I've offered it to him two or three times, but he's busy. Yeah, he's terrified of what's going to happen. 
Oh, let me get, let me, let me clip that. And, uh, and share. Dale, Dale Tuggy is absolutely <laughs> terrified of like even the least of the Christian apologists on here. Like we could even give him the B team and he'd be, he'd get trashed. Well, I talked to him yesterday and he seemed like he had some time coming up with, when oh, you want to set up. I mean, I'll, I'll talk with the dude. I don't care. He probably doesn't want to talk to me because I don't have a PhD. I mean, he, he does have a PhD, does he not? <laughs> I think he's probably got more than one. I don't know. Yeah. Who's well, generally, generally, people don't want to talk to people. Like, people with PhDs generally don't want to talk to people without PhDs well, because they have everything to, to lose and nothing to gain. He you know what I'm saying? Me. He talks to me. I ain't got no PhD. No, he's not arguing with you, though. Like, you guys agree. Like, my point is that generally, if you have credentials, you're not going to you're not going to debate somebody who does not have credentials because you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Well, it looks like you got you've got some credentials. Might not be PhD, but I mean, I don't I, have any credentials. I have zero credentials. I thought you was hooked up with some school down there. No. Okay. Who's Dale Tuggy? Pardon my ignorance, Chris. Oh, Who is this? We actually, yeah, say it while I'm walking to turn this off. I actually have to run. My time is nigh. Oh. Who is Dale, this guy? Dale Tuggy is, uh, he is like the king of the Unitarian, the Unitards. He's <laughs> he basically like, he, he's got a PhD and then he goes on to get ignored by everybody else. It's All right, like, with that, I have to run, guys. Take care. Have an awesome Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? Later. See you guys. Tuesday. Don't take $20 off the ground, Nate. Take care, everybody. Uh, yeah, that, that's mine, uh, Edwin. You've stolen my money. I need you to send that to me. <laughs> are you closing <laughs> the room or are you going?